And this nafs is inclined towards evil by default, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for the one that's not in oblivion, for the one that is not heedless, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned a stage of this nafs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. And that is the self-reproaching nafs. And the self-reproaching nafs is attained when insan understands that they are going to answer, They're going to, they are going to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on qiyamah. And they have to answer for their actions in the grave. And even though we know the answers to these questions in the grave, there is no guarantee that we will answer them. Subhanallah. It's not like a test in the dunya. We don't know the questions, right? But with regards to the exam, that each and every one of us, may Allah save us all, will take when we enter the grave, the questions are known. The problem is, even if you study the answers, there is no guarantee that you will answer those questions. La ilaha illallah. This is the reality. So a person who is not living in oblivion, he gets hold of himself. He knows that he is answerable to a living Rabb. And because of that, he starts reproaching this nafs. It's inclined towards music. He says, La, forbidden. Riba, La, forbidden. I rather stay away from the millions generated from riba and interest and remain in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For the heat of the fire of Jahannam is greater than the coolness of financial standing and material well-being. Isn't it? A person who is not in oblivion trains this nafs and this nafs becomes a nafs al-lawwama. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes a qasam by the nafs al-lawwama. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only takes a qasam by that which is praiseworthy. Thus Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, La uqsimu biyawmil qiyamah wa la uqsimu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes a qasm by this nafs al-lawwama. Right? So this is the nafs of a person who understands the reality of their being and understands the reality of their individuality. If I can say that. The reality of their individuality. So when a person becomes or makes his nafs to that self-reproaching stage, what happens? After a struggle, the nafs becomes this nafs al-mutma'innah, this content nafs. This is the third stage of the nafs. It becomes a nafs that has difficulty watching a 90-minute football game, but loves to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the last third of the night, putting this forehead down for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a nafs that connects with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when in sujood. And this is the nafs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls out at the time of death. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ila Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls out to this nafs at the time of death and says, O oh, content nafs. Return to your Lord in a state whereby Allah is happy with you and you are happy with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those that receive this message when we breathe our last. Ameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from amongst those that when the angel of death comes to us, the angel of death is accompanied with the angels from Jannah. Ameen. So after understanding that you are a body, and you are a nafs, 
then understand, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, that you are a mind as well. And this mind is ajib. It's amazing. For this is the aspect that differentiates us between all the other creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This mind makes us different from the rest of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember when I recited to you the verses about ghafra and heedlessness? Allah said they are like animals? No, nay, they are worse than animals, isn't it? Because Allah has given you a mind. And with that mind you still behave as the animals do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the disbelievers as those that eat and relax and enjoy and play. Just like the animals do. No purpose in life. And the hellfire is lying in wait for them. So this mind is ajeeb. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives due diligence to this mind in the Quran. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمٍ يَعْقِلُونَ لِقَوْمٍ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُلِنُّهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala time and time again engages our mental intellect, our cognitive ability. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always addressing it. Do you not think? Do you not ponder? Do you not remember? Indeed in these are signs for those of understanding. And I ask you, O servant of Allah, are we men of understanding? For a person of understanding never ever ends up in heedlessness, in a state of oblivion. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses this intellect. But it's a very interesting relationship between the nafs when the nafs is overpowering and this intellect. Because this intellect has the ability to tell us what's right and what's wrong. But so many times we find ourselves going against what's mentally right. For example, we know mentally, because of this intellectual ability, that smoking is harmful. Right? Isn't it? But then ask a person who does smoke, why are you smoking when you know it is harmful? And the reality, no matter what they say, is the nafs. They haven't taken a stronghold of their nafs. Can you understand how complex we are as human beings? We just thought we were bodies. Now we've discussed three things. And now we're even looking at the relationship of these things, how they work together, subhanallah. How this nafs pushes one towards the disobedience of Allah, even though you may know that there are consequences. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. So after understanding that you are a body, and you are a nafs, and you are a mind, then know, O servants of Allah, that you are a heart as well. Or before the heart, you are a soul. Let's leave the heart for last. You are a soul. So what about the soul? Well, in all honesty, we don't know too much about the soul. The Prophet ﷺ did not teach us enough about the soul, not because he missed out teaching us anything, but because it was the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we remain upon that which he left with us, it was enough for us. The Prophet ﷺ was asked about the soul. And he waited before answering this question. And during his wait, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, 
ويسألونك عن الروح قل الروح من أمر ربي وما أوتيتم من العلم إلا قليلا The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam answered this question with a verse that they are asking you about the soul tell them that the soul is from the amr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the command and creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wama utitum min al-ilm illa qalila and i have not been taught things about it except a little bit except a little bit so what do we know about this the soul or servants of Allah o children of adam O oh, one who might be in a state of oblivion, what do we know about this nafs, about the soul? We know that the soul is removed from our bodies at the time of death. And because of its removal, this body becomes useless. At the beginning we spoke about how we have become people centered around the body. Right? Appearance oriented people. Without this ruh, we just become a useless body. Because the soul, O servants of Allah, as stated by the ulama, is the electricity of this body. When the soul is in, these eyes see. These ears hear. Our functions work. Just like this microphone. Right? It's here. Its job description is to amplify my voice. If the electricity is cut, the same structure will be here. But my voice will not be amplified. Isn't it? That's an example. So this is the reality of the soul. And know and understand, O servants of Allah, and O children of Adam, that this soul is removed at the time of sleep as well. Did you know that? Did we know this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes the soul at the time of sleep. La ilaha illallah. And how do we sleep at night guaranteeing an awakening in the morning? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah yatawaffa al-anfus hina mawtiha wal-lati lam tamut fi manamiha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that it is Allah who removes the soul at the time of death. And for the body that is not going to die at the time of sleep. Subhanallah. And that is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us that when we wake up in the morning, we say, Alhamdulillahilladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhi nushur La ilaha illallah. Did we ever think of this, O oh, people of understanding? Why do we wake up in the morning and say, Praise be to Allah who gave us life after giving us death. And unto Him is our ultimate return. Have we thought of this meaning? This is because, O oh, servants of Allah, we are in a stage of death. The lighter death when you sleep. And that's why... The ulama state that a person who passes away in their sleep, the difficulties of death is halved. It's much easier. It's much easier because the soul is already lifted in partiality when a person is asleep. So this is the reality of our soul, O servants of Allah. With that we come to the heart. We come to the heart. And the heart, O oh servants of Allah, is also amazing. In fact, more amazing than our bodies and everything else. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam described the heart in an amazing sentence when he said, Ala inna lil jasadi mudra. When he said, There is nothing about your body 
except a mudra, a piece of flesh. Listen to this translation. The Prophet ﷺ didn't say that your body is a heart. No, he said there's nothing about your body. He's negating any importance to you yourself as a human being besides this heart. This, this, this heart. Why? Because this is known as uslub al-hasr. Ala inna lil jasadi mudra. This is uslub al-hasr. There's a focus being made in the context of the statement for those who are studying the Arabic language. Ida saluhat saluhal jasadu kullu. If this piece of flesh is in order, the entire body will be in order. Wa ida fasadat fasadal jasadu kullu. And if it's corrupt, then the entire body will be corrupt. What is this piece of flesh, O Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? What is it? Allah wa hiya al-qalb. Indeed, it is the heart. Subhanallah. And it's a fact. Have we not seen those who've been addicted to music yesterday and today when they listen to it, it's like bullets going into the ears? Have we not seen those people? They can't stand it. What changed in them? The state of their heart. It's the same person, the same weight, isn't it? The same appearance, the same perception. But what changed was the heart. The heart changed. And what was beloved yesterday become, became hated today. Why? Because it's disliked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this heart, O oh servants of Allah, even though yes, it is amazing, and we tend to lack giving attention to this heart, this heart becomes sick. It becomes physically sick. May Allah protect us all from triple bypasses and and the like. But it also becomes spiritually sick. It also becomes spiritually sick. Some people are laughing. Shouldn't eat oily foods. And take your fish oils as well. <laughs> so this heart becomes spiritually sick. And when your heart is physically sick, you need a doctor. Right? And when the heart is spiritually sick, it needs a doctor as well. But the problem is, O servants of Allah, we don't realize that our hearts are sick. The Imam is in the masjid teaching that which will be a cure for this heart and we're walking out of the masjid, for example. We don't know that this heart becomes sick. And the ulama have mentioned to us three sicknesses of the heart. The first one is marad ash-shak. The sickness of doubting. The sickness of doubting. Subhanallah. How many students have we seen in the universities, Muslims growing up, doubting their deen? Asking questions like, if I pass wind, why should I be washing my forearms and my face and my hair and my feet? What's that got to do with passing wind? It doesn't make sense. Isn't this doubt? Isn't this doubt? Subhanallah. When I heard this question, I was absolutely amazed and it became manifest to me the reality of marat ash-shak. Somebody is doubting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doubting the Quran, doubting Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. These are things which shouldn't need to be, we don't need these things to be mentally perceptive. We need to believe in it. This is the teaching of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is marad ash-shak. And then we have marad al-ghaflah, which I've been speaking to you about since the beginning of this talk. The sickness of being in this heedless state. In a state of oblivion, a state that makes you forget the me and myself and the I. That is marad al-ghafla. And then there's marad al-shahwa. And marad al-shahwa is the marad of the nafs. We spoke about the nafs, it's inclined towards evil. 
And when this nafs has a stronghold on yourself, it takes over this heart, and this heart becomes inclined towards desires. It becomes inclined towards desires. You are only good for following your desires. You are at peace when you are engulfed and drowning in your desires. And when you are not, you're like a fish out of water. Subhanallah. This is what happens, O servants of Allah. Can you understand who you are, O son of Adam? My question was, understand who you are. Can we understand who we are? It's a very complex situation, isn't it? It's a very complex. Wallahi. Know and understand, O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, that the place of eternal happiness is Jannah. And the place of eternal disaster and destruction is the hellfire. We are in the dunya which is in between. This is a phase of testing. Things are not meant to be simple. If things are simple in your life, take stock of yourself. Hasibu and fusakum qabla and tuhasabu. Take an audit of yourself. If things are too simple for you and you haven't mastered excellence in your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it shouldn't be simple if you even on the stage of iman, you should be striving for ihsan. That's what you were put on this on the face of this earth for. You weren't put here to strive just to for savior. The Prophet ﷺ said, when you ask Allah for Jannah, ask Him for Al-Firdaus Al-A'la. Isn't it? Ask Him for the highest stage in Jannah. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the book to Yahya, He said, Ya Yahya, khud al-kitab Take this book and run with it, so to say, in colloquial terms. Meaning, don't just take it and sit with it. Biquwa, take it with everything that you have. Be the best. Allah praises the competitors. We read this so many times. Surah Al-Waqi'ah. The forerunners, the forerunners. They will be the closest ones. This is what we have been put on the face of this earth for, O servants of Allah. If our lives are too simple, take an audit and stock of ourselves. We are not meant to be comfortable. We are meant to be excellent. And excellence is achieved on the verge of destruction. Know that. On the verge of destruction. When you feel everything is going to fall down away from you, that's where excellence is. Did you not hear when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Baqarah, أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَن تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةِ وَلَمَّا يَأْتِكُمْ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ Allah says that do you think you will enter Jannah when you haven't taken account of the reality of those before you subhanallah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that look at those before you they were afflicted with trials and tribulations and difficulty Difficulty after difficulty. They were on the verge of destruction. They were basically saying, Mata Nasrullah. When is the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala coming? Yes, the excellence. Here Allah says, Indeed, the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is close. Where? On the verge of destruction. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. That's what we have been placed here, O servants of Allah. So know and understand, you are a complex being. You are a person of depth. You have a daily battle with yourself, with your nafs, in keeping your heart in check, in keeping your mind upon the teachings of this Qur'an. When Allah tells you, Afala ta'qilun, This is who you are, O servant of Allah, and O son of Adam, and O human being. And when we've understood this, we need to understand the next question, 
And the next question is, why were you created? Why were you created? Subhanallah. When we understand who we are as human beings, it might be daunting, isn't it? It becomes, subhanallah, what have I heard here? This is daunting. This is scary, right? Don't be scared of servant of Allah. Understand why you were created. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes this manifest in His book where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا خَلَقُتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah says we have, there's nothing involved in the creation of mankind and jinkind except that they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقًا Allah says we don't need from them. We're not asking you for rizq, financial standing, material well-being, sustenance. We're not asking you to be feeders. Subhanallah. إِنَّ اللَّهُ هُوَ الرَّزَّاقِ It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the razzaq. Yesterday, for those who attended, in the one verse that I was supposed to relate to you and speak about, I chose Surah Muzammil. And the reason for that is, I was going to discuss something else totally, but on my way from London to Birmingham, I was sitting with somebody who inshallah is going to be a great student of knowledge. And I was advising him that know, O servant of Allah, that just as you are preparing your documentation, the visa processes, the medical requirements to travel, these are preparations. Prepare yourself for the journey that you are going to take spiritually. Don't concentrate on your body only. Start waking up for tahajjud. Is that not what we said last night? Allah told His Prophet ﷺ, before revealing to him this qawl and thaqeelan, this heavy and weighty revelation, Allah said, قُمِلْ لَيْلَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Prepare for it. How? By spending the night in prayer. نِصْفَهُ أَوِنْقُسْ مِنْهُ قَلِيلًا Half of the night. Oh, little, then the half. Oh, zid alayhi. Oh, increase. وَرَتِّلِ الْقُرْآنَ تَرْتِيلًا And recite this Qur'an. Subhanallah. Then Allah said, Inna sanulqi alayka qawlan thaqila. Indeed, we are going to reveal to you a weighty word. And for those who are students of knowledge, and you are going to be propagators and inviters to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, know that this obligation is upon us all as well. Wallahi, it is not a privilege, it is a responsibility. Being a Muslim is not a privilege, it is, it is a privilege. But over and above being a privilege, it is a responsibility. I've been asked to keep quiet. <laughs> No, no, not in so many words. Can I take five minutes? Five, inshallah. It is a responsibility. You are a Muslim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah, listen to this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the best book using the best angel to the best prophet in the best language on the best night in the best month in the best of all places and in it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared you O servant of Allah the best of all people the best of all people why should you settle for anything less than best why should you be in a state of oblivion Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not deserve for us to be in a state of oblivion Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to fear him the way he deserves to be feared to be God conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way he deserves to be remembered may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this understanding 
So know and understand that you are an abd. You are a slave. A slave of who? Of Ar-Rahman, the most merciful of Allah. Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal, Al-Wahid Al-Qahar. You have the best title anybody could hold. Wallahi, it is better than being called a leader. It is better than being called a king. You are a slave, but a slave of Allah. In kullu man fis samawati wal ard. Illa ati Ar-Rahman abda. Everything in the heavens and the earth are nothing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except a slave. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken an audit of everything in creation. So know and understand this, O servants of Allah. Know and understand that you will stand in front of Allah yourself. Don't be in oblivion. Don't be in, don't be in the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal nas, ma gharraka bi rabbika al-kareem alladhi khalaqaka fasawaka fa'adalak. Oh, subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, ayyuhal nas, O mankind, what has put you in a deception of Allah who is kareem? who is generous. He created you. He fashioned you. He gave us everything. How can we be in a state of oblivion? Make sure, O servants of Allah, that we make a strong resolve not to be included in this verse when we read it in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Know and understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not need us. We need Allah. Our worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only benefits us. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted, He would get rid of us and bring a nation that lives their life in reality, not in oblivion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhal nasu antumul fuqara'u ilallah. La ilaha illallah. Allah, who deserves to be boastful, says, O oh, insan, antumul fuqara'u ilallah. You are poor. You are in poverty, you're a destitute with regards to Allah. Wallahu huwa al-ghaniyul hamid. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghani. He is rich. He is able and hamid and praiseworthy. In yasha' yudhibkum wa ya'ti bi khalqin jadeed. And Allah says, if you willed, He would have wiped you out of the face of this earth and come with those who do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands. وَمَا ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ بِعَزِيزِ La ilaha illallah. And Allah says, and that is not even difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا تَزِرُ أُخْرَى After Allah says that, He says, and nobody will bear the burden of somebody else. Remember I started with these verses? Subhanallah. Wallahi, I didn't intend to end with the verse. It just happened. <laughs> Allah says, you will not carry the burden of somebody else. So, O servants of Allah, it's time for me to stop speaking. I leave you with this message. And I ask you to audit yourself. Take account of yourself. Become that true worshiper of Allah. The one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about with His angels. He mentions you by name. Become that servant of Allah. It's not bad for us to say, become Allah's and don't become shaitan. Allah with an apostrophe S, just in case people are wondering that what is he saying? Right? Be servant of Allah and not servant of shaitan. You are an abd Allah. Don't be in oblivion. Do what you have to do for the sake of Allah. Don't worry about what Muhammad is going to say and what Yusuf is going to say. Fast during the day, even if it's not the month of Ramadan. I know it's difficult. It's difficult because nobody else is fasting. Ramadan is easy because everybody is fasting. 
It's hard to read salah outside of Ramadan because nobody's reading salah. But in Ramadan, it's easy because everyone is reading salah, isn't it? It's hard to read Quran continuously out of Ramadan. But in Ramadan, it's easy because everybody's doing it. Don't become a person that moves with the waves of the people. Become the strange one. Be the one that people look at you and say, this guy is ajeeb. He's fasting and everybody else isn't. He's reading salah and everybody else isn't. Be the strange one. For the Prophet said, فَطُوبَى لِلْغُرَبَى And glad tidings upon the strange one. Jazakumullah khairan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this from us, grant us the understanding. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive our sins, grant us a reality, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us death whilst He's pleased with us, grant us place underneath His arsh on the day of Qiyamah, and grant us Jannah with Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanallah wa bihamdi, subhanakallahum wa bihamdi, kanashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa natubu ilaykum, assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.